Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 43 of 2021 of The Informed Catholic. We're going to do the readings for the Friday of the fourth week of Ordinary Time. These are the liturgical readings for Friday of the fourth week of Ordinary Time. So, before we begin, please subscribe and share to my podcast. It would be a great help. Uh, I would also really would appreciate it if you could go to the Facebook page and join the Informed Catholic there. You can give me your opinions, um, suggestions. Um, I really would like to hear from people. Um any suggestions for Lent. Um, I have uh, an idea of maybe reading uh, Jim Bishop's book, <clears throat> The uh, the Day Christ Died, or I could read, um, maybe you want me to read a gospel like the Gospel of Mark, or um, maybe some portions from Fulton Sheen's book, um, Christ uh, the Lord. And uh, that would be a great help. Um, I like. I really would like to hear from people, and um, it'll be nice. Uh, at least, you know. At least I'll I'll start making contact with people. All right. So let's begin with the act of contrition. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, Kiri elision, Kiri elision. Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision. Kiri elision, Kiri elision, Kiri elision. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people and goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, You take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. Okay. So, we're going to do the readings for for Friday, which is uh, the fourth week of uh, Ordinary Time. And it's going to be from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1 to 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right, let's begin. Letter to the Hebrews, chapter 13. 1, verse 1 to 8, Jesus Christ the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect hospitality, for through it some have unknowingly entertained angels. Be mindful of prisoners, as if sharing their imprisonment, and of the ill-treated, as of yourselves, for you also are in the body. Let marriage be honored among all and
and the marriage bed be kept undefiled, for God will judge the immoral and the adulterers. Let your life be free from love of money, but be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never forsake you or abandon you. Thus we may say with confidence, The Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Let's read it one more time. Letter to the Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 1 to 8. Let brotherly love continue. Do not, do not neglect hospitality, for through it some have unknowingly entertained angels. Be mindful of prisoners, as if sharing their imprisonment, and of the ill-treated, as of yourselves, for you also are in the body. Let marriage be honored among all, and the marriage bed be kept undefiled. For God will judge the immoral and the adulterers. Let your life be free from love of money, but be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never forsake you or abandon you. Thus we, thus we may say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so let's begin to see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Let brotherly love continue. This is one of the things I have to say is sad about um, the Christian culture, Catholic culture, uh, liturgical culture of today um, is that I don't think they have the same um, cultural faith closeness. We don't have the same cultural faith closeness as they did. The people of the past lived in a very um, different cultural setting, different mannerisms. They they knew each other. Um, they were close. They were concerned about uh, each other. People have uh, modern culture, modern secular secular culture. It's affecting everything. Even even if you go to to the Middle East, like among Muslims, you will see that it's changing people. It's uh, making, you know, it makes people distant. It doesn't make people, um, they had a different um, temperament, um, especially uh, to immorality. Today, uh, of course, we have a very relativistic attitude to immoral behavior. Um, so love um, was expressed through faith in every way, uh, charity was, ex uh, charity, uh, everything they did, they did it out of a love for God and a love, for, uh, fear of God and love of neighbor. Do not neglect hospitality. Uh, hospitality was considered something sacred. Um, uh, you know, an opportunity to, to, to show hospitality to someone, a stranger, or even someone of the of of the of the community, the faith, was considered a sacred opportunity, a, a beautiful opportunity to them. Uh, for through it, some have unknowingly entertained angels. We know several figures in the Bible. Abraham was one, and then um, you know we had uh, other figures. Obviously, have entertained them. There's also Samson's parents. Um, have encountered an angel. Uh, there was, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Tobit, 
uh, who um, to his son uh, Tobias or Tobit um, had Raphael, the guardian angel Raphael, uh, who disguised himself as a mortal and helped uh, Tobit on his journey to get his inheritance, uh, reclaim honor for his family, and um, also heal his father of his blindness, uh, find the woman of his life um, that he would be married to, uh, release her, free her from the bondage of a demon. I mean, it was it was quite amazing. Uh, Daniel the prophet in, uh, encountered an angel. There were several, several, and it was it was the 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 thing is that was a, an age of faith. It was a time where people really believed that that the unseen world. The world, the spiritual world was around them and they had a very strong faith. In the culture that we live in today, there is, there is a crisis of faith. There's a serious crisis of it. And I think um, it, give, it a lot of people are losing their faith. I was just watching something on Church Militant. Um, the numbers are drastic from 2009 till now in 2021. There is a serious, serious crisis of faith, even among Latinos in South America, uh, different parts of South America. There seems to be a dangerous crisis of faith. People are becoming less, less um, involved in the church. It, this could be, this is many different things. Um, the scandals, um, the abuses, the hypocrisy, sadly, and also modern culture modern culture itself makes it almost impossible and people are embarrassed of being uh, believers of the faith uh believe in god and um some even people are turning to paganism uh, which is scary um it's you know it's 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 a serious crisis um being mindful of prisoners as of sharing their imprisonment, um, people back then, um, Christians in the early days of the church, the early days of the first, second century, um, were persecuted and they, they took, they took it against each other, uh, personal. You know, if, if one member of the body is persecuted, they all felt they were persecuted. Um, if, if some are all, as it says here, and of all the all ill-treated, as if you yourselves, for you are, for you also are in the body. This is he's saying you are a member of this community. So you take what happens to others as personal. You take the 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 tragedy, the misfortune, the 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 pain. Of your of your fellow members of this of this of this Christian community, as though it's happening to you. That's was that was important. Then he goes on to something that's very important. Okay, he goes from the body to the one body of marriage. Let marriage be honored among you all, and the marriage bed be kept undefiled. This is also. A crisis that we're having today. Marriage is in serious crisis. I'm not married. Uh, I'm single, but marriage is a sacrament. God Himself instituted marriage in the Book of Genesis. The man, the woman become one flesh. Jesus Himself reinstituted uh, re it. We, you know, kind of like put the seal on it. Uh, the wedding at Cana. And he even said it, you know, that, you know, the husband and wife were one flesh and nothing, no institution, no earthly institution, no government, no government has a right to redefine marriage. Okay. They don't have the power to create life and they don't have the power to redefine what marriage is. They don't have a right the courts don't have a right. The judges don't have a right. The, the government doesn't have a right. The authorities do not have a right. Their only obligation is to protect it. 
not redefine it, not rename it the same way they don't have a right to decide how many genders there are. That is not the government's job. Everything, whenever human beings come in, they come up with novelties, perverted ideas come into their head because they're surrounded by people who want to, um, it's almost satanic. The fact that the government is doing this, the fact that the government politicians cater to this because they want to win votes and they want to stay in power tells you how perverted politicians can be and it, you know how perverted mankind is and how we quickly we will look to the government as the solution because we want to believe we want to make the government and the, the kind of god we want and this is serious it's a serious problem among among believers is a serious problem because especially you see how now we have a Catholic president who I, there was funny there was a funny cartoon John Henry Weston um <laughs> where uh I think a bishop says you um do you uh, believe um you know like what the faith, you know, the, the the Catholic faith. What was his answer? Um, the response of the bishop. Are you talking personally or politically? So he, you know, you know the fact that he 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 supports abortion, the fact that he supports same sex marriage, and therefore, um, he doesn't really believe in the faith. You know, he goes, he's counter to the faith. So his response is, you're not talking, you're talking personally or politically. So he tries, you know, how people say, Catholic politicians say, um, I'm personally against abortion, but I, I'm not going to impose my rights on somebody else. This is how they talk and this is how they contradict themselves. Doesn't work that way, Tom. The, this particular sin is public. Um... Uh, when a politician like Joe Biden does what he does, it's public. It's public. And so therefore a bishop must and should take action. But they're not going to because they're afraid of rocking the boat or maybe because they personally do support it. So we have a serious crisis and, and anything that contradicts the faith and could cause scandal is serious. Um, you know... Adultery was considered a serious sin. It is against, it's a, you know, it's it's defiling the sacrament, the unity of a man and a woman, and it's it's a uh, it's defi you know uh, blasphemy. So because the man and the woman is the man is the image of Christ and the woman is the image of the church, so it's it's serious. But you know how. Um, our society thinks differently. You let your life be free from love of money. But be content with what you have. For, you know, okay, this goes on further, but... Uh, um, yeah, it's... We all, we all need to have our bills paid, and we all... Uh, we're all suffering right now. Financially, we're suffering... We really are feeling it, um, but materialistic things uh, can sometimes be a hindrance towards the faith, and it could mean a serious, um, you know, it, it, it could also be a hindrance spiritually, because human beings, we look, let's face it, it's true. Um, some people get blessed with money and they don't let, you know, the, those are the good ones because they don't let the riches uh, hurt them. You remember the, the, the sower? I was thinking about it today. You know, one, a man went out to sow and some seed fell on the side and the birds, the air, some translations might trans, translate them as crows or ravens came down and ate the seeds before they sprouted. This is a symbol of the, um, uh, of, of Satan stealing the word of God. The second 
um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, the other seeds fell. Some seed fell on rocks, but because there was very little root to the ground, um, and when they sprouted, they only they they didn't last very long, and they died right away because of the scorching heat of the sun. That's that seed represented, um, you know, fellow members of the Christian body who couldn't handle persecution, who couldn't handle the pressure. You know, who basically denounced their faith, abandoned their faith real quick. The third uh, fell among thorns. And they, um, when they sprouted, the thorns choked them and they died quickly. And that represented the vanities and love of the world. The root, uh, you know, basically the. The, the beauty, the lust, the wealth, the riches, everything that the, that the world has to promise, and immorality. And it quickly what happens, um, they die. It got choked. That's what the thorns represented, materialism of the world. Okay, so the fourth one, the fourth amount of seeds fell on healthy soil. And so, therefore, you know, they grew up healthy. And so they grew up abundant, a harvest of abundance. This is, this is how Jesus interpreted it. So we can see we learn from Jesus how to interpret the scriptures. Jesus teaches himself. So you see what he's saying there pretty much matches it. You know, what the, the writer of the Hebrews is reminding people. <clears throat> okay, yes, it's not, it's not a bad thing to have wealth. But it's not a bad thing being poor. And sometimes, you know, it's better for some people because some of us can't handle it. Only God knows what's right. Um, some people not letting their wealth, um, what you know, not, not letting their wealth interfere with their faith. And that's, that takes a lot. But, you know, Sometimes the kids want that want that wealth badly, and they're willing to you know to, uh, to to do anything to get their wealth and even make a shipwreck of their faith. Okay, let's continue. Um, then he quotes here. Uh, be content with you, he, when he says he tells people try to be content with what you have. And then he quotes here, I will never forsake you or abandon you. Let's look at where this comes from. Okay, so it's actually quoting he, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6 uh, to 8. And then there's, uh, I think this might be Joshua, I believe. Yeah, let me, uh, I should check. And then, of course, they're quoting... Uh, 13 verse 6, uh, Psalms 100, 118 verse 6. So the scripture passages here are, um, you know, again, he's, he's connecting the dots. Okay, hold on. Yes, it's from Joshua. He combines two verses, Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. And then, of course, after that... Um, um, hold on. It's Psalm 118. 13 verse, verse 6 is Psalm 118. So, you know, he's tying the knot of all the scripture passages. That's very, this is very important. Okay, so then we look here. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like, which it proves you have to learn to be a Christian from other people. Can't teach yourself how to be a Christian. You, the Bible, you could have the Bible, but it takes experience. You have to learn uh, from others. You have to learn from others how to read the Bible. You have to learn from others how to pray. You have to learn from others um, how to understand, um, you know, 
the faith. How do how I know what happens when they when they reach up to a problem or they they hit a dead end? Because you need to learn from other people. Being a Christian is not something that you can learn. Yes, you can learn about Jesus Christ, but how to live as a Christian, how to pray as a Christian, you have to learn from the life of others. Okay, let's go to the Psalms. Okay, it's Psalm 27. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. 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 Whom should I fear? The Lord is my refuge. Of whom should I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation, which is pretty much also what's being quoted here in the uh, book of Hebrews, except it's also uh, Psalm 118 is very much like similar to Psalm 27 here. Though an army encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war be waged upon me, even then I will trust. The Lord is my light and my salvation, for he will hide me in his abode in the day of trouble. He will conceal me in the shelter of his tent. He will set me high upon a rock. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Your presence, O Lord, I seek. Hide not your face from me. Do not... Do, do not in anger, repel your servant. You are my helper. Cast me not off. The Lord is my light and my salvation. You know, it's the Psalms teach you how to pray. And the Psalms have such, I mean, their prayer and their poetry. They're, they're, they, and they're also wonderful to learn how to memorize, especially because the Psalms... There's anger, there's rage, um, you're screaming, literally the psalmist sometimes is screaming at God, angry at the injustice and the immorality of the world. Uh, the psalmist then sometimes crumbles and say, you, you're punishing me for my sins. When are you going to show me mercy? It's, it's a, there is everything in there in a relationship with God. Relationship with God is not going to be all rosy because it's a relationship. And like a relationship, there's going to be ups and downs. It's beautiful. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I be? Whom should I fear? The Lord is my life's refuge. Of whom should I be afraid? It says it all there. Okay, though an army encamp against me. It could be a literal army or it could be a spiritual army, a spiritual crisis you're going against. It could also be people persecuting you. It also could be what you're, what you're, what's tearing you apart inside. Though war be waged upon me, even then will I trust. And they're all messianic because Jesus himself prayed the Psalms. The Psalms were part of his life. All right, it's the prayer book of Israel and it's also the prayer book of the church. For he will hide me in his abode. Okay, and in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in the shelter of his tent. He will set me high upon a rock. To come to this kind of faith, come you have to really, really live in the presence of God. And it takes time. It it, you will get there, but it takes time. It doesn't, all of us will get there eventually. And and some of us will never know when we got there because it is, it is a beautiful relationship with your Lord. It is beautiful. You know, he will protect me. You will have your wings spread about me. You will, uh, he will be my rock and my fortress. Again, the enemy cannot break in, cannot, cannot touch me because God is my fortress. Um, the, your presence, O oh Lord, I seek. One of the things I always say when I pray is make your presence known in my mind, in my heart, and in my soul. Make your presence known to me, please. You know, let me, let me hear you. Let me sense you. Let me know you're there in the very depths of my being. Those are important things. Um, do not, um, hide not your face from me. Do not, do not. Do not in anger repel your servant. You are my helper. 
cast me not off. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Okay, let's go to um, the gospel readings. Okay, the Alleluia Antiphon is from Luke, St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 15. Alleluia, Alleluia. Blessed are they who have kept the word with a generous heart and yield a harvest through perseverance. Alleluia, Alleluia. Blessed are they who have kept the word with a generous heart and yield a harvest through perseverance. Alleluia, Alleluia. Okay. Mark, St. Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 14 to 29. It's a nice long one. We've been getting a lot of these this week. Okay. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 6, verse 14 to 29. It is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised up. Okay, King Herod heard about Jesus, for his fame had become widespread. And people were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why mighty powers are at work in him. Others were saying he is Elijah. Still others, he is a prophet, like any of the prophets. But when Herod learned of it, he said, it is, it is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised up. Herod was the one who had John arrested and bound up in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother. Philip, whom he had married. Okay, let me read it one more time. Herod was the one who had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, whom he had married. John had said to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Herodias harbored a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but was unable to do so. Herod feared John knowing him to be a righteous and holy man, and kept him in custody. When he heard him speak, he was very much perplexed, yet he liked to listen to him. Herodias had an opportunity one day when, um, one day when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers, his military officers, and the leading men of Galilee. His own daughter came in, and performed a dance that delighted Herod and his guests. The king said to the girl, Ask me whatever you wish, and I will grant it to you. Even He even swore many things to her. I will grant you whatever you ask of me, even to half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? Her mother replied, The head of John the Baptist. The girl hurried back to the king's presence and made her request. I want you to give me at once on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was deeply distressed, but because of his oath and the guests, he did not wish to break his word to her. So he promptly dispatched an executioner with orders to bring, to bring back his head. He went off and beheaded him in the prison. He brought, it, he brought in the head on a platter and gave it to the girl. The girl, in turn, gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came, took his body, and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. So let's read it one more time. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Chapter 6, verse 14 to 29. King Herod heard about Jesus, for his fame had, been, had become widespread. King Herod heard about Jesus, for his fame had become widespread. The people were saying, 
John the Baptist had been raised from the dead. That is why that is why uh, that is why mighty powers are at work in him. Others were saying he is Elijah, still others he is a prophet, like any of like any of the prophets. But when Herod learned of it, he said, It is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised up. Herod was the one who had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, whom he had married. John had said to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Herodias harbored a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but was unable to do so. Herod feared Herod, Herod feared John, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man, and kept him in custody. When he heard him speak, he was very much perplexed, yet he liked to listen to him. Herodias had an opportunity one day when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers, his military officers, and the leading men of Galilee. His own daughter came in and performed a dance that delighted Herod and his guests. The king said to her, Ask of me whatever you wish, and I will grant it to you. Even, even uh, um, He even swore many things to her. I will grant you whatever you ask of me, even half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? Her mother replied, the head of John the Baptist. The girl hurried back to the king's presence and made her, uh, and made her request. I want you to give me the head. Give me at once on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was deeply distressed, but because of his oath and the and the guests, he did not wish to break his word to her. So he promptly dispatched an executioner with orders to bring back his head. He went off and beheaded him in, the, in prison. He brought in the head and on a platter and gave it to the girl. The girl, in turn, gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came, took his body, and laid it in the tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so let's begin to see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us here. All right, so King Herod heard about Jesus, for his fame had become, had become widespread, and people were saying John the Baptist had been raised from the dead. Um, people were saying that John the Baptist had been raised from the dead. Obviously, so it means that John the Baptist is dead or had been killed. Or murdered, as we know, he has been murdered, executed um, for something pretty stupid. Um, Herod Antipas is a son of Herod the Great. Um, had John arrested? Some even said that John. They thought John was Elijah, or some other prophet. And even Herod, <clears throat> obviously in his superstition. Uh, believe that Jesus was John the Baptist, uh, who might behead it. He has been raised up, but that's not true. Um, it's just his own uh, silly and superstitious understanding. His a corrupt understanding of uh, his, he had a very corrupt, pathetic theology. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people who will believe almost anything. Anything that basically is 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 ridiculous. Um, there are even Christians who want to believe that they're re uh, reincarnations, and there are even people who today want to believe that Jesus went to India, and he did not. Now, um, but what we notice in the story here, Herod was the one who had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias the wife of of his brother Philip, whom he had married. Now you notice that we see why John was, uh, we're beginning to see why John was arrested and then why John was executed. You notice Hebrews makes a mention to marriage. Let marriage be honored among all and the marriage bed be kept undefiled, for God will judge the immoral and adulterers. Uh, 
Marriage comes from God. Marriage does not come from man. Jesus himself had made it quite clear that in he made a male and female and that what God has brought together, let no man, no man put asunder. Because the Jews divorced, they, they practiced divorce. And they themselves, foolish, uh, put pressure on Moses. He said, it was because of the hardness of your hearts that you were permitted to have divorce. But in the beginning, it was not so. <clears throat> Excuse me. So then it shows that how the human heart lust um lust and perversity and immorality will rule uh you know will will corrupt and destroy everything i mean this 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 is an old story henry the 8th i mentioned before henry the 8th uh tore his kingdom apart tore his uh, his people away from the Catholic Church because the Pope would not give him uh, the right to divorce his wife, Catherine of Aragon, uh, had his best friend, Thomas More, executed, uh, had Bishop Fisher, who was his tutor. Uh, both men were arrested and both men were beheaded, like John the Baptist. And both actually, both men were actually devoted to John the Baptist, ironically. <laughs> Sex, immorality, sexual immorality, is very um, can be very powerful and it can distort the intellect and distort the mind. I mean, men and women have destroyed their lives over lust. I mean, they destroyed their families, left wife, wife and children. Women have abandoned their children and, and home because of sexual immorality. <clears throat> they made a shipwreck of their lives. Turned their back on everything for some kind of fantasy, a sexual fantasy or, a, or, or an immoral lifestyle. And and it's in, in a, you know we see it today. Now, Herodias was a very bitter woman. She held a grudge. She abandoned her husband Philip, the brother of Herod Antipas, and she shacked up, married illegally, immorally, um, with Herod Antipas, and abandoned her husband. It doesn't say that her daughter Salome or Sa Salome was even Philip's daughter. Some even believe that it came from a previous relationship. John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Herodias harbored a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but was unable to do so. Herod feared John, knowing him to be a righteous and a holy man, and kept him in custody. When he heard him speak, he was very much perplexed, yet he liked to listen to him. Herodias had an opportunity one day when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his um, courtiers, his company. Remember, we heard the word Herodians. They're the political party that supports Herod. Um, you had the Sadducees. They controlled the temple. Um, and then you had um, the Pharisees who were the interpreters of the law. The, the, the Sadducees uh, didn't believe in a resurrection. They didn't believe that there was going to be a resurrection. They didn't even, I don't think they even rejected the idea of judgment day. Uh, but yet they had control, complete control of the temple. Uh, Caiaphas uh, and Annas, Caiaphas the high priest who, and, you know, who judged, who, had, who was high priest during the days of Jesus. And Annas is the father-in-law of Caiaphas. Caiaphas, um, uh, Annas actually is one who saw Jesus first, as we know from John's gospel, and then handed him over to the courts of Caiaphas. Annas was the one, was, was the godfather. He was the one who ran 
really who ran who ran the entire country. He did it through his, his son-in-law. He was high priest at one time, and because he couldn't control the political climate, well, these were these men were were long story short, they were the Sadducees, and they uh, the priesthood was uh, controlled by Rome at that time, the high priesthood. Well, <clears throat> they came to they 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 came to they were there at Herod's birthday party, and they too wanted John dead. They wanted John the Baptist out of the way. John, they knew John the Baptist was from the line of Aaron. Okay, he was of the line of Aaron and therefore he controlled, the, they, they knew that he had every right to the high priesthood. At that time, the high priesthood became very political. So, um, Herodias wanted him dead. They wanted him dead. And so they came to the birthday party. His birthday was the opportunity. He would be drunk. He'll be completely out of control. He'll be completely uh, plastered with alcohol, filled with wine. Um, they'll be dancing. And she knew, Herodias knew that he lusted after her daughter. So she planned that her daughter, Salome, would dance for the king. As it says here. Um, his military officers were also there and leading men of Galilee. His own daughter came, she was actually was his stepdaughter, came and performed a dance that delighted Herod and his guests. The king said to the girl, ask of me whatever you wish and I will grant, I will grant it to you. He even swore many things to her. I will grant you whatever you ask of me, even to half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? Her mother replied, The head of John the Baptist. The girl hurried back to the king's presence and made her request. I want you to give me at once on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was deeply distressed, and because of his oath and guests, he did, wish, he did not wish to break his word to her. So he promptly dispatched an executioner with orders to bring back his head he went off and beheaded him in pr in the prison he brought in the head on a platter and gave it to the girl the girl turn in turn gave it to her mother when his disciples heard about it they came took his body and laid it on a tomb so it's a tragic story but it's a testimony i mean some people would wonder was it worth was it worth dying for Yes, this is, if you notice what, what we have here is a completely corrupt family, a completely corrupt household, a, 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 a horrible, evil, wicked woman, a man who is completely um, deep in his, in, in, in lust and sin and pleasure uh, you have powerful elite people, people who live off uh, off the hardworking people of the land. You, it's all there. It's all there. It's a corrupt, a corrupt life these people live. And what John is pointing out, John is. I mean, you got to remember John the Baptist. He came. He was born to elderly parents. He was a miracle baby. He was like Isaac. It was like Abraham and Sarah and the birth of Isaac. He was a joy to their lives. That's why I keep saying to people, our gospel, our religion is a pro-life religion. We are pro-life. We're not social justice. All those other things are important. But we are a pro-life religion. That's why we're pro life our gospel begins in the conception and incarnation of our lord and savior jesus christ and his forerunner john the baptist all right to elderly parents we are a pro-life people we are a pro-life church and 
We are pro-family. We are pro-family. We are pro-mom and dad. We are pro-husband and wife. We are pro-man and woman. We are pro-family. We are pro-life. Okay? And what this story here shows, here is a man who was born to elderly parents and because he was born to elderly parents, he himself was going to die for what he was born for. He was born. He was born to a, a, a you know a, you know to 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 testify to life. He was born to testify to the Christ and to testify to Jesus Christ, to testify to morality, to def- to testify to the defense of marriage, to testify to the defense of merit uh, of family and everything. All that was John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, even though he was a celibate man and he was a prophet, he was willing to die for it because that's his his whole his whole purpose. He gave testimony to Jesus. He all this the sacrament of marriage comes from God. The sacrament of marriage comes from God. Galilee was proof of it also, uh Cana of Galilee, when Jesus went to, to the wedding is a testimony of marriage is important and life is important. Birth is important. This family here is mired in sin. They're swimming in filth and perversity. I mean, think about it. The young girl wasn't even horrified or disgusted to take a man's head on a platter and she went running and giving it to her mother. She didn't even think twice of it. Didn't disgust her didn't horrify her death was a, a death and perversity was a common thing in that in 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 the in the house of Herod i mean for crying out Herod Antipas's father um murdered um i he, i guess he's 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 one of many marriages who knows he took um Herod murdered his wife Mariamne who was of the Maccabean she was a Hasmonean dynasty the, the Maccabean family. And they dominated, they controlled the high priesthood for a while. They were uh, Levites, I believe. And she took, he took his wife, Herod Antipas, believed his wife was trying to kill him or cheat on him, one of those things. He killed her. And you know how he, he kept her body around? He put her body in a pickle, uh, pickle juice barrel. He preserved her in pickle juice. In the pickle barrel, and he would go down. He would go downstairs, and he would talk, and and he was completely crazy. He was completely mad, and then he he killed some of his sons. Um, because he believed they were plotting against him. Um, Caesar Augustus said that you are more safer being Herod's pig in and Herod's family than to be one of his sons. A, um, a joke against the, the kosher dietary laws. You know, in other words, you're more safer. You're, you're safe. He will never kill you if you're a pig. You know, but he'll kill you if you're his son. Uh, Caesar had to step in and take the boys, take some, take some of his sons away to, you know, in order to preserve the family so he could have people to rule. <laughs> a completely perverse family a completely perverse family and we see that a lot now in our culture we got a culture that is obsessed with sex uh obsessed with um <laughs> obsessed with 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 sexuality obsessed with sexual independence uh, obsessed with um, pornography, transgenderism, um, uh, drugs, pleasure. We got sex all uh, all over the internet. We got we can get pornography on our cell phones. We can um, uh, we got drugs now for uh, recreation. They 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 pass it off as uh, medicine. Um, we we know we don't we know when we're we're a society that is. 
obsessed with pleasure and obsessed with personal pleasure and 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 it we're we're perversity families are breaking apart sex is even weaponized all right in the middle east during the gulf war the way to uh the cia learned this from the israelis because the israelis had to deal with um with constant uprisings with among the palestinians they put on uh sexual programs uh like 90210 like promiscuous teenagers and tv shows with a lot of sex in them so that the young palestinian men the young arab men would stay and watch it um then in iraq <clears throat> they actually allowed um dvds on the streets of uh, of iraq of pornography so that the young the young arab men uh would um would constantly waste their time watching it and this raised this this actually promoted sexual perversity the um one of the bishops the patriarch bishops along with the muslim clerics they complained to the u.s military that they, it's not right that they're allowing this on the streets but the idea was because they knew that if you flood the imagination of young people of even and it doesn't matter what age with sexual with, with sexual perversity and pornographic material it would make the population easier to control and if you introduce the sexual perversity this kind of stuff on the streets in one or two generations you will have a demoralized society it took several decades right to to basically um make make sexual um uh, sexual things become common, um, uh, transgenderism, homosexuality, leading to equal rights, and then finally now we got gay marriage. All these things were were flooded to demoralize. Now we have men running as women, transgender men or transgender women in in female sports. And 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 here and and they're, and they're, and they're trying to convince us about. I mean, think think about it. On the other hand, they're saying believe the science, and here they're trying to convince us about climate change, and now and they can't even tell the difference between men and women. So you 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 explain it to me. That's it's it's unbelievable. And you know, John the Baptist died because he believed in the values. That he grew up with. He 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 died in testimony for marriage, because he learned. He came from an honorable parents, holy parents. And marriage is something sacred. It preserves and builds character. It it creates stability. It creates honorable people. It's you know it's it's a you know, a healthy you know a healthy marriage and a healthy society is important to God, because God is family. We see that. We see all we saw that in the life of John the Baptist, and we saw it in our Lord, in the Holy Family with Saint Joseph as his foster father. Saint Joseph, who not one single prayer was recorded from his lips. And I like what one, what one church father, I wish I could know, I remember who said it. God had everything to say in the silent, in the, in the silent manhood of St. Joseph. God the Father had everything to say in the silent manhood of St. Joseph. Fantastic. I mean, when we're supposed to be in the year of St. Joseph. So that's a good, that's a good example. Anyway, I'm going to end it here. And... Um, Let's say in our Father, Hail Mary and Saint Michael, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory 
now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. Now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right, folks, God bless, and we'll be back together again soon. Amen.